the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. And guess what? Happy Mardi Gras! Mardi Gras! Yeah, yeah, yeah! It's Mardi Gras Fat Tuesday to you people that aren't familiar with the term Mardi Gras. How can you not? It's only the greatest party ever. In Stop the- doing the Mardi Gras mambo, Andrea. Come on. Start doing it. Um, well, uh, maybe I need to teach you the words, and maybe you'll sing it with me. Hey, glad to have you guys here with me. Yeah, we're gonna get, we're gonna do a little Mardi Gras singing here tonight. Do a little Mardi Gras mambo on this Tuesday night as we head into Lent, and as we also head into CPAP. Another uh, big party that's going to happen this week. We got from Mardi Gras to CPAC. <laughs> Although I, I don't think that what's happening at CPAC this week is going to look at, at all like what's happening on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Maybe maybe more like what happens in Mardi Gras uptown where the families are. Hey, follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. I'm on Facebook at Andrea K. You can also join our super fun, cool, only for cool people Facebook group called the Kaniacs, which is K-A-Y-E-N-I-A-C-S. You might recognize that voice you just heard, but you but you know it doesn't sound like the voice that I typically have every day with me. It's because our buddy DJ Carrot Sticks is off. He took a few days off. I, for all we know, he's down in Mar- he's down in the French Quarter. For all we know, he's down on Bourbon Street doing all kinds of stuff. So of course we got to go to our other partner in crime here on the show, who's usually busy doing other shows. But we wrangled him to come on over to the dark side, and that is my buddy DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. We're dying. We're dying. We need DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. The dark side never has a lack of potato skins. Let's just get that straight. <laughs> well, that's because tater skins are the dark side. If you, if, if you, depending on how much you load them up with stuff and oh, toppings, they can be very tasty. Yeah, and uh, and which makes them very dark indeed. Which makes them so, something phenomenally yummy. So, okay, have you ever been to Mardi Gras? I have never been. It is actually at the very top of my bucket list. You know, everybody should go to Mardi Gras. You know, before the show, DJ Tater Skins asked me when the last time it was that I went. I, I've been so many times that now. I only get to go back to New Orleans if I'm lucky twice a year, most times once a year. And so that, you know, I have to choose. Am I going to go back when it's so crowded? I, you know, the streets are blocked off. I can't even get into the French Quarter. If I want to get a room in the quarter, I got to pay for three nights at 700 a night if I want to stay at the Mont Leone. 
you know, it's it's a bunch of tourists down there getting crazy. Yeah, what's or, the right way to do it, Andrea? Well, the right way to do it is really um, is it, everybody needs to go. For me, I've done it so much. I think my first Mardi Gras, I, I don't know how old I was. Um, I've, so I've done a lot of Mardi Gras. And typically what we did most of the time is we went to the family section. I posted a video on Facebook yesterday. It says, if you want to do Mardi Gras, do it like the locals do. I know many locals that have actually never been into the French Quarter on a Mardi Gras. Really? Ever. Because, you know, there's Mardi Gras is in so many neighborhoods all throughout the the state of Louisiana, including Baton Rouge. Now, that I did not know. Yeah, my favorite parade is Sunday night, and it's Bacchus, which, uh, you know, uh, Mayor Landrew took down the Robert E. Lee, you know, memorial there. Yeah. But, you know, Lee Circle is where I would go and watch Bacchus every year. That's not in the French Quarter. Uptown was the family section. And when I was in college, we would all go uptown, and that's it's, it's all kids, and you don't have people lifting their shirts or doing anything. So naughty. you don't even need to do the whole French Quarter experience no, at all. No, you don't. You don't. But it's still locks down the city. A lot of restaurants are closed because the city's taken over with Mardi Gras. So I tend to not go back Mardi Gras now because I'm only going back once a year. Yeah. So, but I definitely recommend it to everybody. Um, and it is, there is naughty stuff that happens in the French Quarter, but the French Quarter is only, you know, a few city blocks. Most of Mardi Gras is just super fun, family related and funky. I'm and, so amazed by that. I did not know that it's yeah. expanded to so many different neighborhoods. That's well, kind of cool. It's, yeah. And, so, and it actually, you know, started with the Mardi Gras Indian down out by, you know, the the Cajun country. And so it just kind of made its way to New Orleans. So anyway, happy Mardi Gras to y'all out there. Uh, we've got a great show for y'all tonight on Mardi Gras. We've got my buddy Tom Dubacar is going to be here because in addition to today being Mardi Gras, the Democrats are celebrating their own party over there with another debate. I mean, we're talk about dirty, talk about dank, dark, ugly, the ugliest, the underbelly. Some people say the Bourbon Street, the, you know, at two in the morning after Mardi Gras, the underbelly belly of society the street it is from all the trash i mean that to me that's what the democrat debate has, has gotten i mean it's just so ugly the whole democrat party you know what's funny andrea is yeah. a year ago people were talking about the republican party imploding you know not really supporting mm-hmm. trump uh I, I love it because about a year later it's exactly the opposite of what they said was going to happen you there's no unity within the democrats right now they're just they're fighting like cats and dogs and it's actually from the other side it's brilliant to watch i love it well yeah and i'm glad you brought that up because one of the things i'm going to talk to tom Dubacar about who's going to be on the on the show tonight pick his brain you know he's a historian as well as phenomenal political analyst and attorney and just you know former you know head of the republican party here in california you can read his articles on fox nation all the time i gotta pick his brain on that because i'm thinking i'm wondering what the strategy is going to be for the democrats what trump did and the trump campaign did in 2016 and the republican party did was say to the never trumpers you know what if we have to lose you we can live with it yep. because we want to gain Democrats who aren't socialist and Democrats who want to seal the border because they want to protect American jobs. They want an economic revival going on post Obama. We want to appeal to independence. I'm interested. We're going to talk to Tom in a few minutes. I'm interested to see if he thinks what the play is going to be for the Democrats to deal with all these Bernie bros. You know, what's the- funny, Andrea, is Sebastian Gorka. I've heard him on numerous occasions say that he has talked to so many Democrats that they're, they're They're strong, like non-socialistic Democrats, but they say they will not vote for any of the people running this year because they just skew so far in the other way that they support Trump. Yeah, and and that's that's another good point because the reality is is while Bernie Sanders is is obviously a, a commie kook, he's a commie. And he's a kook because he believes in communism and his comments uh, about defending Cuba on Sunday, you know, go just go go to prove that that does not mean 
that anybody else on the stage tonight in the Democrat Party are moderates. There is no such thing right now as a moderate Democrat. The entire Democrat Party, some are just better at, like Obama, at hiding it. Some are just better at explaining it a little bit differently. And Bernie is trying his best, as well as the Democrats trying to defend him in case he does get the nomination. They're, tr- they're doing their best to try to tell us it's not socialism, socialism. Kind of like Whoopi Goldberg saying Roma Polanski, it wasn't rape, rape. That's what they're trying to say about socialism. And that, it, it, that there is such a thing as democratic socialism. And I've even heard hosts from Fox News referring to Bernie Sanders as the democratic socialist. Like that's a label that actually exists in politics. He is a communist. And, and even if you want to debate the difference between socialism and communism, he is a communist. There is no other way to describe him. I, every American needs to understand the differences. One way you can do that is get out the communist manifesto and turn to page 94. It's 94 in my edition. And you will read his political agenda. This man is a communist and the Democrat Party. I, I, I still and another question I've got for Tom. And then later on in the show, before I forget, you guys need to stay tuned because there's a huge ballot measure next week that's coming up for San Diego. It's the most expensive ballot measure on the books. It's that controversial in San Diego, and I'm not sure why it's controversial. So my, my realtor friend, Julie Mills Brennan, is going to be here to talk about Measure B. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Um, but the Democrats, what are they, what are they going to do with the Bernie problem? They're going to, they're going to try to, they're going to try to steal it from him like they did in 2016, trying to marginalize, not worrying that they're going to lose the Bernie bros in hopes they're going to do better with the Democrats or independents, or are they just going to try to roll with it, try to convince us that there is such a thing as democratic socialism. So stay tuned because we got my buddy Tom Debacar is going to be here on the other side of the break and we're doing a little Mardi Gras mambo in the studio tonight. Happy Mardi Gras. Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K show on The Answer San Diego. Many of us know how high school today is not the same as the high school in the 60s and 70s. Pressure to achieve, the competitiveness, the anxiety to fit in, and the loneliness has made being a teenager a pretty tough job today. In Bob Walter's book, Facing Reality in American Education, he looks at ways to help young people understand how amazing they really are, for students to discover their gifts and talents, to excel and be all they can be. I'm sure you agree. Purchase your copy of Facing Reality in American Education today at Amazon.com. Qualified Home Loans saves you money and pays all your loan costs with five-star service and expertise. That's why you call us for your home loan. Mike, you had a client who had a first mortgage, a second mortgage, and some credit cards, but she was on the fence about getting a new loan to get some relief. That's right. She was concerned about consolidating because she didn't want to owe more money. I explained to her that she already owes the money, just at much higher interest rates. That type of debt was damaging her credit score, and as it turns out, most of that debt actually came from money she spent to improve her home already. It made sense to wrap everything into one low fixed rate loan. Now she's using the savings to pay everything off faster. What a huge relief to not have to juggle that every month. Call Qualified Home Loans, 888-499-9502. 888-499-9502. You'll get five-star service and pay nothing in loan costs. 888-499-9502. The following is a paid political announcement. In the race for Congress, there's only one proven conservative trusted by Mike Huckabee to champion our values. Trump conservative Daryl Issa. This is Mike Huckabee. 
I know Daryl Issa. He's a good man and the right man for Congress. He's principled and proven. Unlike some Republicans in this race, Daryl is reliable, conservative, deeply pro-life and proudly pro-Trump. I know for a fact that President Trump trusts Daryl and can rely on him. Daryl will help the president build a wall and secure our borders. And that's why the National Border Patrol Council, with 18,000 agents who defend our homeland, have endorsed Daryl Issa for Congress. National Right to Life endorsed Daryl because they know he'll defend life, champion the rights of the unborn, and stand up to the pro-abortionist in Washington. Join me, Mike Huckabee, and conservatives everywhere supporting Daryl Issa. I'm Daryl Issa, candidate for Congress, and I approve this message. Paid for by Issa for Congress. Remember last summer when you were shocked by your electric bill? Go solar today and be ready as it can take one to four months to install depending on the scope of work. Palomar Solar and Roofing is one of the most reputable names in the business. For 10 years, we have been helping home and business owners significantly reduce their electric bills. Find out why thousands of homeowners, businesses, and churches have chosen Palomar Solar and Roofing. Call the local name you can trust. Call Palomar Solar and Roofing at 760-504-0388 or visit palomarsolar.com. FM 96.1 North County AM 1170 San Diego The Answer News, politics, and current events It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego And Mardi Gras Yeah, this New Orleans girl here You gotta add Mardi Gras to the mix Because that's what I do Celebrate Mardi Gras We are here on Tuesday night's edition of the Andrea K Show Wishing I was down with my peeps, child I know how to do Mardi Gras. I was talking about that before the break with my buddy DJ Potato Skins. She just can't stop dancing. I, I can. I'm, I'm chair dancing right now. I'm feeling a groove, baby. We but, do we do some grooving down there in New Orleans. You think Tom Del Beccaro's done been to Mardi Gras? Uh, but he's dancing now, I bet regardless. He, yeah, but but do you think that he's been to Mardi Gras? And if he did, do you do you think he did it like uptown family style, or do you think he's in the French Quarter? I'm not. I'm not answering that question. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Tom Del Beccaro. You got any Mardi Gras confessions you want to share? I cannot make a comment. I cannot confirm or deny that it's this time. <laughs> You're such an attorney. I swear to goodness. Um, okay. I actually have not been there. Okay. But I, did, I have been in New Orleans several times, and it is pretty wild and crazy, but nothing like the Democrat primary in the next 60 days. Oh, good segue, man. It's almost as though you listened to our open. Yeah, tonight um, we were talking about the dark underbelly of dank and dark and I was saying that that's kind of what's going on with the Democrat Party and it's like you look at you look at how people like Oh, what? I can never remember the guy's name. See, I am a Southerner. And when we don't like somebody, we can never remember their name. Mr. Tingle up the leg, dude. Chris Matthews. He literally compared Bernie winning Nevada to the, when, when France fell. I mean, the Democrats are, if you watched MSNBC over this weekend, they are just besides themselves, Tom DeBacaro. And a friend of mine named Scott McKay from American Spectator, actually is from BR, wrote B- Bat Rouge. He wrote that, um, and I want to, you're a historian, and I want to see if you agree with his analysis. He said the Democrat establishment is not going to allow Bernie Sanders to be their nominee. He says they can't afford it. Uh, the damage Sanders would do to them would be permanent. He will break their hold on Jews, Asian Americans, Latinos, and blacks, and put all those ethnic groups up for grabs. He also went in to talk about... Um, in history that, you know, every 75 years or so, there's a realignment and we're past 75 years of that. And that, it, that this will, will be the tipping point. Basically, he's saying to, to the, to the detriment of the Democrats that they will be so marginalized almost into non-existence. You agree with any of that? Well, I don't agree with the realignment. 
notion, we can go into that. Remember, Republicans have lost four out of the last five popular votes. But there's no question that Bernie Sanders would be a, a bad candidate for them in a general election. Uh, I, I've said since October that there's more than a 50 percent chance they would lose the House. Uh, but as for all these hand ringers on the left, you know, I, I was saying, I say you can't complain what gets burned once you start a fire. And when you start the big government fire, it consumes and you wind up where they are today. And so is it a shocker that 76 percent of Democrats in a poll said that they would support socialists? Between our schools and our media, it doesn't shock me. But most importantly, this doesn't just go away. This isn't Bernie Sanders. I mean, Elizabeth Warren would have that same hold on many of these people. And Kamala Harris seems willing to jump right into that as well. This is something that's going to go on for a decade or two, much like the Labor Party, and eventually could break the party as it has in the, to the Labor Party. Well, I, I, one of the, the concerns that I have is seeing so many conservatives gleeful about Bernie Sanders getting the nomination, counting it, uh, uh, counting on it being a complete disaster for the Democrats, kind of like Scott McKay's analysis. And I, I uh, think that he is symbolic. It, it, he's not some outlier. He's not some, he's, he's about to get the nomination because the Democrat party themselves has, like you said, through the schools and through the media, as well as through open borders and full on indoctrination and little by little chipping away at the foundations of our free market capitalist system based upon the Judeo Christian ideals of individual liberty and individual responsibility. They've managed to change the culture into one of entitlement to the point to where we've got a Republican establishment, um, um, where our 2012 nominee was the architect of Obamacare. I don't think we can take for granted that Bernie's going to necessarily go down in flames or if he, a, a, even in the general election, because you think about how much we've changed the culture. You think about how many in the GOP establishment people, people that we know that want universal health care that, you know, I, I'm really concerned on top of it. We've got a, a vote, vote fraud happening. We've got illegals all over the place that have been registered to vote through this motor voter crap. I'm actually, am I, am I crazy to think that that there's any chance at all that Bernie could even win? I, I don't think he can win, barring some horrible catastrophe that I don't like to talk about. But look, there is a reason we are divided as a country. And much of the Democrat Party does not vote the economy. They vote social justice. And so, yeah, look, if your party has lost four out of the five last popular votes, you cannot arrogantly say you're going to run away with an election. And I don't think it'll be a runaway. Keep this in mind. Not since 1992 has a president won an election with more than 53% of the vote. Every one of them has been that close. And Trump did not win the popular vote last time around. So the notion that he's going to be a runaway winner is, is, is fantasy in my view. Unless, of course, things get much worse on the other side. Well, um, I agree with that. And w- one of the things that I've been frustrated about with the Republican Party for a while is that we haven't done a good job. This has been brewing. Any conservative that's been looking around uh, like a, f- a former I-, I think she no, she might be back with Fox right now. I heard this uh, this pundit was tweeting out the other day. I'm just shocked that there's all these Americans that are buying into what Bernie's saying. And I thought, you know, if you're shocked right now as a conservative pundit. 
you're either pretending to be shocked um, or you just haven't been paying attention. The threat of growing sentiment in this country and supporting socialism or some form of Marxism has been going on for a long time now. And that's that's what that's what Obama was about for eight years. On top of the fact that he was wanting to make that happen by partnering with the Islamist in this country. And that's something that nobody is talking about anymore. Nobody is talking about the flat. We have all these we had all these Democrats. No, I, I don't know how many, along with Chris Murphy, they were over having secret meetings with Iran that are guest speakers at the Iranian lobby group. You know, we've got U.S. Congress people that actually go around and fundraise for front groups for Hamas because the Democrats are partnering with Islamists who all want a centralized system of government with complete control over us. And as long as we continue to bring all these refugees here that have that 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 share that sentiment of, of that goal and we've got these open borders, you know, we and and how do you and how do you message again? How do we get that? It's like you said, they've started the, the Democrats have started a fire, but the Republicans have kind of allowed it to to burn or simmer and have fanned the flames. And now what do we do? Well, I can tell you at the beginning of the civilization, uh, uh, a nation is more hardened and, of course, less wealthy and therefore stoic and conservative. At the end, they luxuriate and they they are interested in social justice and they have big governments and they have big tax things. And, and that's a general art. That's the story of Rome. It's the story of Greece in the 4th century B.C. It is a developing one here. I, let me concentrate on the, the education system. We had a private health education system, a private education system up until 1908. It was run by religious institutions, including all the Ivy League schools now that are not. We handed it, started to hand it over to government in 1908. We've largely done that now with outliers of schools like uh, uh, charter schools and some private colleges. But no one should be surprised that a government institution teaches government to the exclusion of the private sector. And that hundred years is changing. That changes our nation when you tell generation after generation that capitalism is bad. Well, yeah. And, you know, the idea, though, was it's supposed to be, okay, it was, yeah, it was handed over to the government in 1908, but it's supposed to be local control with local school, school boards with parents, you know, interacting and parents involved. And yeah, we see where that, see where that's led. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I'm not hearing enough good arguments. I, I posed this question the other day. Who, who's a better, who would my conservative friends rather see Trump face, Bloomberg or Biden? I mean, or Bernie uh, going into the fall. And everybody said Bernie because they had hoped that we'd be able to squash this socialism nonsense with a President Trump in a way that Romney couldn't and because he didn't want to do it in 2012. Um, I don't want to see. I, 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 you know, we should be we should be combating that message all day, every day. And I don't think that the way to combat it is to validate it by saying, well, how are you going to pay for that? Because that's validating the notion of socialism as though socialism is a good idea as long as you can afford to pay for it. And we don't and we don't have Americans. We kind of have Americans. Here's why I disagree with you. You say Americans don't um, don't vote or they vote on their pocketbook or they don't vote on the economy. I can't remember how you said it. I think Democrats that 76 percent of Democrats don't. Well, but they are in a sense because their idea of voting for the economy is to make sure that there's an economy that's going to give them everything and they're not going to have to work for it. Well, they, they vote. Their economy is, is government. That's they don't care about private sector unemployment. They, they care about government. Look, here's the counter argument to what you're saying. If, in fact, Bernie is the nominee and we have a robust discussion and he does poorly, 
it will force the Democratic Party to trim its sails with respect to socialism going forward. That's how it plays out in many people people's minds. But the arc of history, all you have to do is Google government spending in American history. You can see starting in the 1970s, it went, it's going virtually straight up. So that's what we're facing. And I agree with you that the, the Republicans don't seem to care about that much government spending, but that much government spending eventually leads to socialism. So if you really want to attack this problem, you have to once and for all decide that government can't do anything and the Republican Party needs to do that. Um, next segment with you, we're going to get into this, the um, whether or not we're going to actually have any accountability regarding this, the crossfire hurricane Mueller investigation, all the all the different ways that the left has been trying to you know overturn the 2016 election as I'm, I'm going as I'm going to CPAC this week, which is really and that's really the um, crux, I guess, of the agenda there. And so um, before before in the minute we have left, because next segment, we're going to switch gears and talk about that. How do you see this playing out with Bloomberg? Is Bloomberg done and he just doesn't know it yet? Is he has done as Biden? Are those two like, you know, um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and they just need to ride off together on their horses? Well, winning elections is about getting people to the polls. And Biden's never been good at it, and Bloomberg's completely untested at it outside of New York. You need organizations in states. It's not enough just to buy ads. You can buy ads and lose, like Mayor Reardon did against Bill Simon uh, 15 years ago in California. So it's it, if he thinks he can run an air campaign and that means people getting to the polls, he's kidding himself. Mm-hmm. I think Bernie has a solid 30 percent virtually everywhere. But, yeah, he's going to go down to 20 percent in Texas, but he's, got, he's above 30 percent in California. He's going to finish one or two in all of these polls. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're going to be votes for Bloomberg, but he's going to finish middle of the pack when it comes to, to yellow delegates and far behind Bernie Sanders. Well, let me tell you, if Bloomberg was a Republican, his association with that convicted rapist sexual assaulter of about 90 women, Harvey yeah. Weinstein, would have already, uh, uh, he'd, he'd already be begging forgiveness and, and begging, begging to never be seen again. He'd be so fast off the campaign trail. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk to Tom about uh, what's, what's up with Bill Barr. What's up with this guy Durham? Are we ever going to see any accountability? And if not, is that really the greatest threat to President Trump's reelection? coming up. So stay tuned. More with Tom Debacar on the other side of the break. And then later on, we got Julie Mills Brennan is going to be here to talk about Measure B. You San Diegans need to listen to this segment coming up with her. So stay tuned. More Andrea K. Show coming up. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Time to buy your dream home? Julie will find the perfect property that fits all your needs. Call Julie Jewels Real Estate. Julie sends you new home listings immediately so you can see them first and submit your offer right away. In this market, you need to be first. Hi, I'm Julie Jewels, and I'm excited about helping you. I'll save you money by paying for your appraisal fee. Call me at 619-992-7113. Call Julie for your free appraisal, 619-992-7113. Moving out, moving up, or moving in, call Julie Jewels. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Tax. We started our company 10 years ago in an effort to help our fellow Christians experiencing tax issues resolve their matters by taking a simple three-step approach. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys that specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We're also a small firm who will treat you like family, not just a number. 
Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. HelpWantedSanDiego.com salutes the employee of the month, the one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Mr. Employee of the Month, angry face, snoozy face. I've noticed you're using a lot of emojis and reports lately. Sure have. Smiley face, cat with hard eyes, thumbs up. Dave, they're just really hard to understand. What do you mean, confused face, thinky face? First, I don't think you're supposed to say them out loud like you do. That's what you think the other Daves love it, right, guys? Thumbs up! Smiley face! Goes with tongue out! See? Okay, look, what does this report even mean? It's just a bunch of pizza emojis. Oh, we went out for pizza. That's an expense report. Oh, that's why the last page is all dollar signs. See, you get it. If you don't mind hiring Daves, go to the huge online job boards. That's probably what you'll get. But if you want more employees of the month, go where local job seekers find good local jobs. HelpWantedSanDiego.com. Local jobs that work. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster employees everywhere. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Read the latest breaking news, top business analysis, and the funniest political cartoons. Register for the Answer San Diego's newsletters. Use keyword newsletter. Stay current on politics, contests, events, and more. Be among the first to know about the latest books from top conservative authors, special signing events, and promotions. Register today at TheAnswerSanDiego.com. Keyword newsletter. Sponsored by Richard Musio, host of It's Your Business. Sundays at 9 a.m. only on The Answer San Diego. The Answer San Diego. Streaming now on smart speakers and radio.com. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Happy Mardi Gras. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. If you're down anywhere near the Louisiana swamp, not the swamp in D.C., but if you're down anywhere near the Louisiana swamp tonight, you stay safe out there. But enjoy yourself at Mardi Gras. I'm glad to have you guys here with me. Staying over the break is my buddy Tom DeBacaro. I'm heading to CPAC uh, tomorrow through the rest of the week, which is Matt Schlapp's organization, the Conservative Political Action Conference, I think it's called. And this this year's agenda is it's a five-part program um, highlighting what conservatives have called the, quote, tragic narrative. This is from Fox News. And, and it's really all about, it's, it's four parts to their program. And it's really basically all about the ways that the Democrat Party has turned its our constitution on its head, weaponized the government against a political campaign, and then tried to unseat him and overturn a free and fairly elected president of the United States. Most of this stuff you guys know inside and out because you've been listening to my show. You've been hearing interviews and you know with Tom DeBacaro and others, you know what's going on. The question for many at this point is what's going to be done about it? So I had Tom stay with me over the break and he's had the break now to think about it. To think about whether or not he thinks Bill Barr is actually going to hold somebody accountable or not. Tom DeBacaro. People were shocked last week that Bill Barr made the announcement he was not going to prosecute Andrew McCabe at the same time Roger Stone uh, got sentenced to four years in the middle of it was originally the one at nine. Then he got four and, and still got sentenced to that in the middle of finding out that the jury four person was practically Adam Schiff in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you were asking me, and I, I, I know I texted you at one point a quote 
uh, about my current views on this, which I said you are happy to use. I, I do not have confidence anymore, and it's not my fault. Uh, Barr is doing a lot of good things. Much of what the Department of Justice does goes unnoticed. But the reality is they have lost credibility with the American people. Uh, if you're not going to, if, if, you know, if you read, I spoke to a couple of judges recently who went through the whole Roger Stone file and basically told me, one a Democrat, one a Republican, telling me that he was basically entrapped. If he is deserving of getting prosecu- prosecuted, and, and by the way, nothing he did amounted to anything in life. On the other hand, Andrew McCabe pointedly misdirected the FBI to other people in his office, meaning pushing off responsibility um, so his lives were meaningful. Uh, look, if those two things can sit right side by side and there's not some greater purpose to the news and some guests say that there's something bigger brewing on or something bigger that's brewing, we keep hearing that, but no one's brought us the coffee. So I don't know. I, I just don't. I have no faith right now. I don't and either. I'm going to turn 32 years. Yeah. Well, you know, a couple of things. I think that it was I had concerns about Barr um, when he was first nominated because I find it hard to believe that somebody that spent that long in the swamp and whose wife was in a Bible study group with Bob Mueller, Bob Mueller's wife, could begin to hold people accountable. You saw Jeff Sessions crumble just in the nomination hearings. It's And so much of it is human nature. When you have been hanging out with people, it's one thing to, you know, um, you know, come up with like Christopher Ray with suggestions for kind of like treating it like an HR problem of let's rewrite the handbook and make sure that everybody, you know, gets the dates right on their 302s. It's easy to do that. The hard part is actually to prosecute people from departments and agencies for which you know them personally or for which you operated in. And when 1,100 former federal prosecutors all signed that um, that AG Barr was incorrect for lowering or for wanting to lower the sentence for Roger Stone. They, Stone, some of those former prosecutors, they're from decades ago, and that's when I it, it just confirmed everything that I thought that this, you know, Sean Hannity and others saying with the struck page, all that is just a few at the top. That's nonsense. That's crap. This deep state, unelected bureaucratic nightmare that we have of all these unelected people feeling like they've got the right to control our government. This has been going on for decades, and it may be... It it, turns out it's not the seventh floor, as they wanted to... Look, 95% of the donations didn't come from Republicans in the DOJ. They came from Democrats. So we know political donations in 2016. So, look, it it is true, And, and honestly, I think Trump will be running against that and this year to come, the need, the need to, to clean it up. And, and, and look, this is normal in government history. I don't want anyone to think that you, the United States is uniquely problematic in this regard. The, the bureaucracy and corruption of ancient Rome, I mean, there, it was widely assumed. They knew how much it cost to buy a senator on a particular vote. So this is not new to our time, but, but it is massive in our time. This is why seven of the nine counties, I think, richest counties in America are in, uh, uh, right around D.C. They have this relationship. So in my practice, I've been here 32 years. I can tell you there are attorneys who get along 
everybody gets along, can go play golf afterwards, blah, 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 blah. And they willingly support people in their practice or, or represent them that are bad people and they, they don't care. I have never been able to do that. I don't. I, I am not someone who hangs out with attorneys all day long, and I'm very hard on attorneys who just represent bad people and basically hide the truth. But that's not what happens most of the time right. in, in our world, and that's what's happening in D.C. Right. And, you know, I, here's what I predict. I predict that it's going to be um, lack of intent because that, that's that's just like I think it's going to be no different than Comey, who came out and tried to justify Hillary Clinton's crimes by saying she didn't intend to break the law. That's actually the excuse that was given for why they didn't prosecute Comey. I believe that's pretty much this, the excuse that they're giving for Andrew McCabe. And, you know, and I predict that that's what's what we're going to hear down the road from A.G. Barr. And, you know, well, when I read and, and, and they're in with you well yeah and you know um well because you know the best indicator of the future you're a historian the best indicator of the future is how things have gone down in the past there's absolutely no excuse why andrew mccabe was not prosecuted no excuse why jim comey wasn't prosecuted what i'm concerned about for trump's re-election prospects is how many people in the base are going to say well yeah you you're, you're right tom he's going to campaign on how we need to drain the swamp how many are going to go you know what ag bar is your guy trump the fact that this is going on, there's not anybody held accountable, is on you now. It's not on uh, Obama anymore and his attorney general. Now it's on you. And then I read KT McFarland's her interview. Uh, she was a former assistant um, at the National Security Administration. She was a former NSA assistant. She was actually working with General Flynn, in which Mueller's team came after her. And she she did an article, and you can read about it, an interview. You can read about it in the Tennessee Star. Uh, when she talked about what they did about um, coming after her and the trauma that she suffered from it, it cost her and her husband hundreds of thousands of dollars to defend herself. She said because she was, a, and it was made worse from the fact that because she was a Girl Scout, she turned over all of her emails, her, her uh, devices, everything when she left. So then what Mueller's team did was they come after her for 30, 40 hours at a time, um, tr- coming after her for emails that she hadn't seen in a long time. And then if her recollection wasn't 100%, it's they're wanting her to admit that she lied, basically trying to create uh, a perjury trap, a process crime like they did with General Flynn. And she said the only reason why what happened uh, with Flynn, that he copped a plea, is that she said she didn't break. She said, but at one point she turned to her attorney and said, can you find out what they want me to say and I'll say it. And this is how these things go down. And she talked about this tool, which we have given the intelligence community. Uh, which is a good thing for them to have if they're tracking down mass murderers and terrorists. They were using it for political purposes to go after political enemies. Uh, she said there are, there are a certain group of people who have gotten used to governing and they think it is their their divine right. And even if the American voter votes for someone who wants to get rid of them or change their policies, they feel they have the patriotic duty to overrule election results. And she said uh, that now um, because of these unanswerable bureaucrats, the United States is now in a very dangerous place. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, there's no question about it. And, and and that is the challenge of allowing government to continue to grow. As long as that, every large government in history has had corruption, every one of them. And the bureaucracy, the reason why I'm against the use of the term deep state is because it implies there's something unusual about what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it it. it, it you create this massive bureaucracy, and they want to feed themselves, and they want to they want to rule. They don't want to govern. 
by the with the consent of the people, and and that is is where we are. It is why you have uh, this sort of favoritism that you described with Comey. Let me remember remind people that it was in the first week of May of 2016 that on air Obama said. I don't think she had any intent. Mm -hmm. And then two months later, it Uh was announced. I don't remember anyone on the left saying Obama had no, quote, right, end quote, to use that language. But he set the standard. It wasn't an intent crime. It's a uh, no no fault, meaning if you do it, you're guilty crime. But it, it didn't matter to them. And, and this is just look. This is this is why our founders knew you had to fight for freedom every minute of every day because the natural progress of things is for liberty to yield to government, and you have to fight it at all times. I think one of the ways we need to fight is I think that we've we've got. And my mother worked at civil service. My mother worked, I think, at every department except state. She worked at justice, interior, labor. She worked at all of them. Interior. Um, she was a chief admin officer. I'm not going to say which very large area here in Southern California. California. And uh, she couldn't fire somebody that she literally caught stealing from the petty cash at a tourist area. She could not fire that person. I think one of the things that we need to do is you can, you know, in the private sector, you do wrong. You get caught stealing from the cash register when you're working somewhere and you get fired, if not prosecuted. You there's you can't fire anybody who works for the government. I think one of the things that we need to do is, is we need, there needs to be, they need to be like contract people and they they need to have, uh, you need to be able to fire them, but, but they also need to be kind of term limited that it's like, uh, you know, five years, maybe. Maybe or ten years, depending on you know where where they're at in the government, because you can't churn people every year. But we we've got to have limits to how long these people are able to to work in our bureaucracy. I think that's 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 a huge thing that we could maybe do. Um, I don't uh, think that union unions are as old as almost as old as industry, and uh, they have been in every age as well. And it's a tall task. But how are you gonna how are you gonna get that? push that through. These, these are difficult things. There's, there's a reason why governments start out small and die big because of this mentality, but you, you need to fight it. You need people who will go in there. The problem right now, Andrea, let's be clear. There's been no abatement in spending. Oh, dear. Oh, uh, he, he said you sounded too much like Bernie Sanders there in a moment, my friend. Let me be clear. Let me be clear. The billionaires got too much money. Tom Delbacar, I got to leave it there. Thank you for being here, my friend. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Now, y'all need to read his articles. You can find him at Fox Nation. You can find him at Political Vanguard. He's also on Facebook. He does regular hits on Fox and Friends as well as Fox Business with Trish Regan and Lou Dobbs and others. So be sure that you and read Tom's book, The Divided Era. We're going to take a skinny, tiny little break. And we got more Andrea K. Show coming up. My girl, Julie Mills Brennan, a fantastic realtor in San Diego, is going to be here with we're going to talk measure b which is on the ballot next week stay tuned be sure to follow andrea k on twitter at andrea k show and follow her on facebook and like her fan page at andrea k spelled k-a-y-e many of us know how high school today is not the same as the high school in the 60s and 70s pressure to achieve the competitiveness the anxiety to fit in and the loneliness has made being a teenager a pretty tough job today in bob walter's book facing reality in american education he looks at ways to help young people understand how amazing they really are for students to discover their gifts and talents to excel and be all they can be i'm sure you agree purchase your copy of facing reality in american education today at amazon.com red states versus 
blue, urban versus rural. As federal government keeps growing bigger, we the people are getting angrier when our side doesn't win. Are we at risk of becoming a nation permanently divided? In his latest book, Power to the States, How Federalism 2.0 Can Make America Governable Again, talk show host and author Bob Zadek explores factions and divisions that are inevitable and a solution that's been there in the Constitution all along. Power to the States features conversations with top scholars, statesmen, and a sitting state Supreme Court judge. Bob and his guests show how liberals and conservatives are rediscovering the virtues of federalism where states become laboratories of democracy and citizens vote with their feet when they don't like what government is doing. Order your copy of Power to the States at BobZadek.com today. Z-A-D-E-K. A house divided can't stand, but healthy competition between the states can make America more prosperous than ever before. Power to the States, how federalism 2.0 can make America governable again. Available now at BobZadek.com. That's BobZadek.com. Across America, it's snoring season. Right now, 90 million Americans make this sound every night. Snoring can be caused by breathing through your mouth when you sleep. If you have a blocked or narrow nose, then you're more likely to open your mouth to breathe, causing snoring. Thankfully, there's Mute, an ingenious Australian invention that could quiet the snoring season once and for all. Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device that sits inside the nose, supporting your airway and keeping it open while you sleep. You'll breathe more easily through your nose and snore less. In fact, in trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute, allowing them both a better night's sleep. Put snoring season to bed, America. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. For more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. If you could do one thing that changed you forever, would you? How about something extraordinary? A bucket list item with years of memories packed into 10 exciting days. Set a clear new vision for yourself this year and join Dr. Sebastian Gorka on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd to 11th. Journeying through one of the most politically and spiritually significant places in the world, you'll see over 40 iconic sites straight from Holy Scripture. Reserve your spot today. Register today at TheAnswerSanDiego.com. Bill Holland with the answer on Wall Street stocks and down another 3% today, down 6.3% in just two days and nearly 2,000 Dow points. This erases this month's record levels and more with three days left in February. The market on average is down a little over 3% so far this year. Now, the corona flu epidemic, the handy excuse, and is tripped all of the technical triggers. It's not the illness. It's the not a black plague, you know. It's a flu. Death rates around 3% mostly people with other conditions. But world financial markets are in total disruption and damage created by all of this. First quarter damage already done. Second quarter, however, very hard to figure out. So guidance is cut, and the programs take over from there. Remember Warren Buffett's motto, buy when others are worried, sell when they are not. We're getting worried. Apple reopens a half of its stores in China. Viasat here in San Diego, up 4% on insider buying. Bill Holland with the answer on Wall Street. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Radio.com. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Mardi Gras. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Celebrating Mardi Gras here in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope you guys are having a good time tonight. And if you are down there in New Orleans or in Louisiana, y'all, y'all keep it safe, but enjoy yourselves down there. All right, joining me here is my buddy now is my buddy Julie Mills Brennan. You know, how many of you guys remember that next week 
we've got some primary elections going on. We've and we've got some, which includes some ballot measures. One of which that's here in San Diego is the, I think it's the state's most expensive measure. And here to explain what it is and what you need to know about it, pros and cons, is my buddy, the realtor of San Diego, Julie Mills Brennan. Hey, girl, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Andrea. Yeah, I'm going to do my best to give you the, a, a good idea of what it is. Well, good, because I did a little research, and I'm not sure what the downside is. Tell everybody it's Measure B. It's the most expensive ballot measure. Tell everybody what it is and what you see people are saying is the pros and cons for it. Well, I mean, they're saying that they're going to build affordable housing, about 2,000 units, maybe a little more, in an, um, a, a more rural area up there by kind of a little bit past um, Escondido. And, um, you know, affordable housing sounds awesome. Um, so that's that's the pro. Um, the con is, is that it looks like uh, that it might not actually be affordable. Um, there's some questions on whether or not, you know, by the time they get it done, it will be affordable at that point. Um, because who knows when it'll be ready. I mean, there, uh. it's, it's, still very, it's still very, very uh, much in the planning and, and we haven't even, it hasn't even been approved. So um, that's one concern. And then the other concern is that it, it is a very high fire um, uh, severity zone. It's, a, it's, it, it's one of those zones where it's just, it's 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 that area that yeah that area is before isn't it up north of escondido yeah um like where is that by avocado area yeah like maybe fallbrook area or is it going to be closer to like maybe where the wild animal safari park is yeah that's that's a high risk fire area so that's that's another big problem with that because you know, you have to think about, you know, getting fire trucks in there and all the different things you need to do to get, you know, to make it safe. So that's that's another um, con. And then the last con I can really see is that it's going to create a lot of traffic along the I-15 corridor. Um, you know, I mean, with that many new houses, there's going to be that many new people every day on the on the freeway. And so there's really nothing that they're saying will mitigate the gridlock. Well, here, I, well, like okay. 26 miles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because, you know, I'm a lover of real estate. And I look at this and I go, uh, to me, supply and demand. We, um, you know, we, anytime you have additional supply, it should help with, with the cost. I'm not really sure what, and when, when I hear people say things like, well, it's supposed to provide affordable, that's so subjective. The reality is San Diego has always been a higher price place to live than Des Moines, Iowa, for obvious reasons we don't need to get into. Um, clearly, right. you're, when you have a neighborhood that's being built in an area like that, it's going to be less expensive than La Jolla because it is up North County inland. So I look at it, though, as I'm looking at this and going, how could this really be a downside? We currently have developments and housing in every uh, fire risk area. Um, 2,000 or 2,100 additional homes to me is, you know, all, as well as I think it's supposed to have a retail area with it and even some commercial space and some parks. Yes. I'm just, yeah, I'm having a hard time finding the downside there. I, I don't get it. As for traffic, I mean, what percentage of the people on the 15 that would live there are currently living in Temecula and still commuting down the 15 anyway? So I don't know that it's going to take people that aren't on the 15 right now and put them on the 15. I, is it just because I love real estate so much that I, that I can't see a downside here? Am I blinded by my own love of real estate? <laughs> I mean, I guess the big thing is, the, the biggest problem is, is they're saying it's going to be affordable, but then you see a lot of things that say that it doesn't, that that it's not going to actually be affordable. It says well, that most people are going to have to have at least a six-figure six income to afford it. 
Well, I think that that's it, probably the way it's going to be for California going forward in general, because the the supply and demand. It's like what's that old saying about buy land? They're not making it anymore. Land's expensive. The cost of construction right. is really expensive, particularly in California, given all the environmental regulations on housing. And you know, um, there's another measure A. I don't want to spend too much time on that. That wants to give it up to the citizens to be able to decide on every development going forward and density. Well, that's just going to end up, you know, um, then the developers are going to have to spend a lot of money in campaigns to try to convince people to go along with their development. You know, there's so many things that go into the the cost of housing and why it's more expensive in California than other places that I think that that I think that there's a problem with people wanting to thinking that there should could possibly be a way to buy a house in the most glorious area in the United States and have it cost the same as Nebraska. And I just don't think that's right. Re- well, yeah, realistic. that's never going to happen. You're right. But even like if it were be 400000 that would be considered affordable for San Diego. But that's just not going to happen. So I think the reason why so many people are against it is because the way they've, they've presented it as being, oh, my gosh, affordable housing really isn't what they're stating. Well, yeah, that's really important. And whether whether you're trying to sell anything, an idea or product or whatever, you got to set proper expectations. Don't use the word affordable right. with $400,000 because. Anybody who's looking for affordable is going to freak out at three hundred or four hundred thousand dollars because low income yeah. people that they're trying to find a solution for are people that probably should just not be living in San Diego, and that's one of the reasons why not to get political. I get concerned when they want to attract people to come here with an open border mentality when you're you're setting people up to struggle because if you don't have you know, the means to make six figures in San Diego or Southern California, you're going to struggle. And, you know, I hate oh, right. For, right. It could almost be nearly impossible unless you shock up with family members or, you know, you combine families and live together because, I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, entry level is definitely like around 600,000 right now. Yeah. Pretty, nuts, pretty it, much nuts for most of the country. Right. And that's why San Diego is not really the place where too many people, you know, if you're fresh out of college and you got 200 grand in loans to pay off, you know, and if and if your degree is not in something that's going to get you high, six, you know, six figures starting off the bat, you know, this isn't the place to necessarily move to thinking you're going to buy a home. You know, I mean, you got to, you know, work your way up. Uh, but here's the good news, though, for many people who've been settled here for a while and those people that can afford to buy or they bought a while back and now they're they're ready to, to move. Uh, market Mortgage rates are at their lowest, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Since 2016. It's crazy. The mortgage rates are so low right now. I so, mean, it's, it's back to where it, the, the crazy levels again. Yeah. And there are still people that can afford to buy in San Diego. We've got a lot of people that, you know, and our listeners are, you know, not necessarily, you know, start. I don't want to say our listeners are old, but they're not. I mean, you can be, you, you know, 35 ain't old. It's just not fresh out of college where you can't afford to buy. And maybe maybe you right. might want to, you know, start your career someplace else. So, you know, my I, I guess uh, balancing the pros and the cons, doing the Ben Franklin, as we say, I'm going to say yes on measure B because I'm just it may not be affordable, but I still you know, I'm still for it because I think that, you know, it's going to be less less expensive than some other areas. There's going to be some people that will be able to buy there that, that couldn't afford to buy anywhere else, but at least they can buy there. And I like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I kind of agree. I mean, I, 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 I'm going to do a little bit more research, but I think I will probably do the same thing. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Julie Mills Brennan. Okay, 
800-227-7113. Give me a call anytime. All right. And seriously, Julie's been in, thank you, honey. Julie's been in San Diego real estate, ridden all these ups and downs. She knows all the ways to get people into homes. If, if there is any realm of possibility for you to be able to buy, Julie can get you into a home. But it's just not necessarily right for everybody. All right. Love you all. I'll be right back tomorrow night with CPAC. Have a great night, everybody. Happy Mardi Gras. Thank you, Tater Skins, DJ Potato Skins. Appreciate it. Always here.